Good morning, Iowa. I'm Scott Bruxport with Scott Casper, and this is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Each week, we talk about a topic that many Iowans face every day. We feature the expertise of doctors, therapists, and specialists who truly understand the challenges we all face. As a reminder, our show airs two times Saturday mornings, 5 a.m. and 10 to 11 a.m. on Iowa Hope 940 and online at talktherapytmhs.com. Join in for the conversation on these important life topics. As we like to say, Iowa, we're listening. And we're coming to you live from the Five Talents Financial Management Group Studios. Kira Jones, our producer, yours truly, and of course, our buddy, Scotty Bruxwort. Now, Scott has a company that is uh, growing and growing and growing, going to all kinds of different places around the country to shoot, but it's priceofahug.com. That's where you're going to find him online, him and his team, he and his team, the team and him. What What is right? What is correct there? That Your team. Oh, yeah, it's just a team. I make a lot of stuff happen. They're doing some good work for sure. Well, it doesn't that kind of take us right into our topic of the day. It really does. You know, that player coach relationship yeah. is no different than I like to think about the way we run things, the price of a hug. You know, I'm far from a coach with price of a hug, but we're all players that play together. That's and I think it. it's really on cue for today. Talking with Julian. And I think that's the dynamic that we look at in successful business, whether it's radio or retail or, uh, auto mechanics or whatever it, you know, everybody, if they see themselves as a player on the team, as opposed to the leader or, uh, the guy that is, uh, seeing himself as such, then I think we're going to be a lot more successful, probably even more, uh, probably sooner than if we just take that. It's my ship. I'm going to guide it. You guys can pull the oars. Okay. That's Absolutely. It. And you know, Thomas Watson has one of my favorite quotes that's ever run Scott. The moon has no cause to be proud of her light when she borrows it from the sun. And I look at Holy that, you know, cow. it, it's, it's an incredible quote. And, you know, I, so I learned a lot about that from how Julian used to coach me. You know, not one person on any organization or unit is more important than the rest. That it's through that collective talent that we're all able to shine. Say so, it one more time for us. The moon, what? The moon has no cause to be proud of her light when she borrows it from the sun. And that's Thomas Watson that said that. That's a good quote for you. I, I think we could literally end the show right now because I just learned something. I didn't realize she was borrowing the light. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Our topic this week, mental health dynamics of the player coach relationship. Our get, uh, the newsmaker hotline this week is from North high school in Des Moines, Iowa. Can you do to the introduction here, please? Yeah, absolutely. Joining us today is coach Julian say Julian is a prominent member of our Des Moines community, newly hired head basketball coach at Des Moines North high school. And Julian actually coached me a little bit growing up from the time I was 13 to 18, Scott. So what was that, like AAU? Or? Yeah, AAU travel ball okay. with uh, the All-Iowa Attack program and Kingdom Hoops when that's any. So yeah, I remember a lot of time. Doing, I was announcing basketball at the time with the Iowa Energy, now the Iowa Wolves. And uh, then they came up with this uh, Kingdom Hoops, right? And I thought, well, what is this? And I got, you know, involved a little bit more, a little bit more. And I realized, you know, basketball teaching kids not just the fundamentals of that game, the fundamentals of life, right? And that's what you got out of your coach, Julian Say. He joins us now. Does Julian Say? Julian, good morning. How are you, coach? I'm great this morning. How are you, Scott? This and is, Scott. It's Scott and Scott. It's a Scott, Scott and Scott, Scott show. It is. Yeah. Two guys named Scott. Oh, anyway, we got that out of the way for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did that the last time. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us today. Julian, you had a solid playing career. What made you in coaching? Oh, you know, um, I did. A, I dabbled a little bit uh, my first year of college. Uh, we had like a like a skills. Uh, I was redshirting that year, and they had like a halftime show with kids. And uh, my coach asked me to run the halftime show through skills, and that was fun. And then uh, a couple years later, when I was in college, I came home for the summer and I coached my little brother's team. And shoot, that was back in. 2000 2001 and then fast forward to 2009 i ran into a guy when i was uh opening my anytime fitness in uh fort dodge and i played in an outdoor tournament uh in the flats called the hoopla and uh during one of my games um you know i'm a trash talk it's just fun when you're playing and uh, i was telling the defense what i was doing to them off the pick and roll and they wasn't stopping it and i was just saying everything that was going to happen on the court and uh, one of the guys that was running it asked me if I coached 
and I told him no. And he said, Hey, we got this basketball program called all Iowa attack. You should get involved. And, uh, that's what happened. I started coaching from there. And from there, make a difference in the lives of these young people you're coaching, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back then, I, I mean, a lot of things that, uh, you know, uh, that's what I was doing, but I wasn't sure what I was doing back then. I didn't have a lot of good coaches through uh, high school and college. So my whole premise was coaching the kids how I didn't want to be coached. You know, I just, my biggest thing was trying to make sure they had confidence, um, trying to make sure that they learned um, everything on the phone. Um, Cause you know, in AAU basketball, you get to play, I don't know, five to 10 games per weekend. And there's just so many opportunities to learn. So, I was just trying to make sure that they learned the game. They learned a little bit about themselves. They got a little understanding about life, you know, how to be coached, how to share the court with other people, you know, how to find a role and how to earn it. Um, that's just really what I was trying to do back then. It's changed a little bit now, but back then I, I was learning as they were learning, and I don't even know if they knew that. <laughs> Dad, you mentioned that the game's changed a little bit, Julian, and, you know, you've been around it for a hot little second. I know that you coached coach me from the time I was 13 to about 18, and you're still involved in the game, obviously, with this new position at North. And, you know, how have you seen the game evolve as your time as a player and as a coach? Oh, man, I've seen it evolve on, you know, every level. I think that's why we're starting to see some of our older college coaches like Roy Williams and those guys, you know, uh, call for retirement soon because, recruiting is different and, you know, everything's different. But as far as the game goes, um, there's no positions anymore. You know, before you're, you know, think about in the old NBA, they used to say Clyde Drexler was similar to Michael Jordan. Well, he wasn't. He couldn't shoot a three-pointer and he had no left hand. But the guy was <laughs> making millions of dollars. Uh, <laughs> but now your power forward is your, you know, potentially your point guard. You know, Draymond Green can get a rebound and run the offense or Ben Simmons or Luka Doncic is running point guard. Um, so the game is literally positionless now and everybody, uh, kind of sees the game from a point guard's point of view. You're making plays, you're getting in gaps and, uh, you're either scoring the ball or you're finding the next open guy. So, um, you just, there's not a lot of limitations with each player. Like it's a supreme game of skill at this point. It didn't used to really be that you could be a Charles Oakley and just push some guys around and, you know, get a spot, but now to be able to play and you really have to work on your skill to, to you know, to be in the game. Now, it's really interesting, Julian, uh, that you said that it's uh, kind of an interesting time getting back into coaching, that some coaches are actually taking a step away from coaching. Right. And, you know, you uh, had taken some time off after your uh, little stint at Kia Cut coaching as well. So what kind of led you back to wanting to get back into the high school level and uh, take this position at North? I want to come back. <laughs> I was kayaking. I was, you know, camping. I was trying to get to Montana. In a deep was, state uh, of meditation, as usual. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to be a Phil Jackson, I guess you would say. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, we, and I don't, you know, the listeners, we ran a three-on-three called uh, Long Shots last fall when uh, metro schools weren't able to play any sports or even, you know, do fall league stuff. And, you know, we've seen... Uh, that there was a discrepancy there. So we was like, you know, let's run three, raised a thousand dollars for each uh, Metro athletic department and gave that to the team boys to split $500. And from there, North high school last spring asked us to come run long shots 2.0. They had had some good things happen there and they wanted to have a student staff basketball game, um, the DJ, a dunk contest, a three point contest, you name it. Um, and then we also ran a special ed, uh, 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 you know, game with you know with the uh, teachers as well, and it was it was so much fun, and the energy I had with the students just through the roof. I was refereeing the game, but also dancing with them on the sideline uh, as the DJ was DJing. And uh, yeah, that long shots this. event was a heck of a time. And Scott, this is how crazy small of a world it was. The long shots tournament that Julian's talking about is where I met Drew. Really, and that day is where we started Price of a Hug. So, I mean, le legitimately, legitimately, basketball has, basketball changed, has changed my life. It's changed there it Julian. There's so many elements in it. But, yeah, it's it's one of the amazing things I would say about Julian Scott is he just has this ability to connect with anybody that has the privilege to be. And it's just a privilege to be able to be around somebody like that as a player. And, Julian, I suppose we'll head into a break with a, with a question here. Um, 
what what do you approach with your athletes in making that emotional connection with them as a coach? I know that when I played for you, I always wanted to play for you because I felt like you respected me as a person, as a human being, and that makes you want to go play hard for a coach versus somebody that just yells at you. And what's your approach like that when you coach your players? You know, I, I just do my best to them. You know, it's it's not my way. You know, each individual and each human has their own path and their own journey, and I'm just a supporter. So if I can listen to what they say, you know, the guys when they're talking, I stand around and I can hear. You know, even when they're talking about stuff they probably shouldn't talk about or I watch their body language or, you know, I add in, you know, what they did in school that day or how they interacted with the teacher. and All those things become the language. And then I just uh, try to allow my spirit to share with me, okay, how do we, like, what are, what are the solutions that can help this young person communicate better instead of, you know, when they get upset, their brain struggles to regulate. You know, these kids don't have behavior issues. You know, they have brain issues. And we, everybody does, right? Like, things happen in your life that can, you know, cut a wire that can force you to look at life a little bit differently. So I'm just trying my best to help them enhance their perception a little bit because when they're upset about things or they're not able to regulate or they're frustrated, um, maybe they're just not looking at it um, in a different way. And if they can open themselves up in that moment when they're actually feeling that anger, one, if they can feel it, two, in basketball, I mean, it's a great way to use that. It's like hitting a turbo button when you're playing a video game. Um, you can run a little faster and jump a little higher if you're controlled. Um, and then it can be a benefit to you. And then, you know, you can let it go away and you can come back and level out and you can, you know, still play the game. So I just try my best to listen to my players and then just give them what they need in that moment, not what I want them to have. We, um, we're taking a good long look at athletes and coaches on the program. Uh, we've had this topic as an ongoing topic for the last several weeks, and it kind of kicked off the week prior to Simone Biles, <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Simone Biles stepping away from competition in the Olympics, something every athlete strives for. And now we see in Williamsburg, the family of the wrestler at the University of the Cumberlands who died last year has now filed suit against the school, and rightfully so. You had two coaches that weren't listening. Mm. And uh, matter of fact, the kid was begging for water. Mm. And he said, please save me. You know, the coaches weren't listening. They weren't engaged in what the player could be honestly going through. And uh, that story is yet to be told in the courts, but we'll see how that all takes place. We're going to be continuing our conversation with Coach Julian Say of North High School in Des Moines. That's the home of the mighty polar bears, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and we invite you to join in for the conversation on this important life topic. And as we like to say, Iowa, we're listening, and you are too, on Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. I came to St. Gregory very reluctantly at my all-time worst, physically, emotionally, and mentally. But I gave my best effort to these new things in my life as I saw hope in this complete approach. I'm at the point now that I feel my strongest and best ever physically, mentally, and emotionally. I felt quite certain God was orchestrating everything. St. Gregory Recovery Center. Recovery starts here. Relevantradio.com slash St. Gregory. All right, welcome back St. Gregory. The Mental Health Show, Scott Casper, sitting in for Nick Learhoff this week, and we're grateful to have him. Scotty Bruxport of Price of a Hug. You can find him online at priceofahug.com. Great photographers, videographers. They can do weddings. They can do sittings. Uh, portraits, whatever you need, headshots. And for you actors getting back in the game and theater is reopening as we speak across the country, you need new headshots. And now's the time to get them. Okay. Priceofahug.com. Our guest on the Newsmaker Hotline is from North High School in Des Moines, Iowa, home of the mighty polar bears. He is coach Julian Say. Julian, thank you for holding through the break and we appreciate you joining us today. And thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Julian, uh, now we, we spoke on this the other day. You're doing some pretty interesting things with the training development process of your players at North. Uh, based on our conversation, it seemed like it was more of a college uh, specialized training program that you're kind of implementing there. Can you kind of explain that training process for us and the approach? In yeah, absolutely. Um, 
honestly, it really started with me just trying to be healthier to find more, you know, mental space for myself. Um, you know, I was honestly, I feel like I was one of the first, you know, individual skills trainers that there was, you know, around Des Moines, especially when AAU was really kicking off, you know, what all Iowa tax did different than what Martin did then is all Iowa tax started their programs at like third grade and they were doing a lot of training, but Martin brothers were doing, you know, uh, were finding guys in that high school area and just, you know, taking care of their fees and saying, Hey, come play with us in this, at this, at this elite level. What we did is it was all skills training. So as I was coming out of basketball, when I was taking my break, I just was like, I'm not that passionate about skills anymore. I really only care about the heart and the head and, you know, and the strategy of the game. Like that's what I had become passionate about. So I was doing kids a disservice by, you know, sitting there trying to build skill workouts and God, they're doing stuff in the game that I can't do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They're making moves and steps that, you know, I just, I can't do it. Like I'd have to, do yoga two times a day to even try it so man why do you um, think it's a rare occurrence for me to step out on a basketball court julian you can't just <laughs> you can't just be the best athlete out on the uh, court anymore there there's some there's some really talented players but you know we also got emotional coaching as well and this is something that i think i would have really benefited from back in the day you know now that i'm older i've learned more about my mental health diagnoses and how i respond to different things but you know, how do you think emotional coaching and getting to know the headspaces of your players comes into being a coach, Ju? Man, you know, I don't know how much it helps in being a coach, but it sure as hell helps me being a good person. Um, I'm able to learn more about myself. I'm able to learn more about my players. Um, our emotions are gifts. You know, as a basketball player, we weren't supposed to have any. And if we did, you just get back out there and you keep playing and you don't stop and you don't think about it. You don't show any. Um, Instead, it's like a, I think it's one of Jesus's greatest skill sets that never gets talked about. You know, through the stories, he was able to connect with people because he had a personal emotional awareness so he could understand other people's and meet them at that level. And that's where empathy was able to like build a bridge and a gap. Um, So through that, that's how I can connect with them. I can see them. I can going through, and it doesn't have to be based on on my ideas. So, um, yeah, it, it helps in coaching and being a better person, a better dad, a better partner, a better friend. You know everything. So I announced basketball, professional basketball, for thirty five years. Okay, seven different teams, thirty five years. The affiliation with the bigs uh, goes from the Bulls and the Pelicans and the Jazz, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera thing I noticed that was consistent, if you were uh, signed to, uh, let's say, the Timberwolves, okay, and you got sent to Des Moines, this is back in the days of the D-League, okay, mm-hmm. uh, prior to G-League, but if you got sent to Des Moines, it, it really was a, a, a mind, you know, it's as much as a mind and a heart thing as anything because you have an opportunity to continue to hone your skills better at the, but you're treating this as a punishment. Okay, mm-hmm. and they have that attitude. Uh, a lot of them had that attitude that this is a punishment. Um, how do you address it with your players? Because whether you start the game or the, or you're put into the game, right? Um, there is a mindset that goes with that. How do you get to the point where it doesn't matter where you go into the game or how many minutes you play? You're an important part. You're an integral part of this team and our efforts to win this game. How do you address that with your players? Definitely with each one. And, you know, it's a good point. You know, everybody wants to start. So right now I got this kid on my team that, I mean, without running a play for him, I, I'm sure he can score 10 to 15 points a night. Um, but he's not necessarily a starter. He is a finisher. The guy makes plays. Like, he's a guy you want in the game the last two to four minutes where you don't have a lot of timeouts and you just need somebody to have a, an intuition for making a play. And what I was trying to, what I explained to him is, hey, in high school basketball, you know, a lot of good teams only have three good players. And usually if you have three really good players, you can make it to the state tournament. I was like, but the teams who have a bench, you know, they can get deep into the tournaments. And it's like, you, you give us an opportunity to not only give, you know, have a bench, but to lead us from the bench, to be one of our top scorers. And you get the green light, man. Like, how do you feel about that? And he kind of started smiling, you know, but at first he wanted to, 
start the game. But I just tried to get him to understand, like, I think it's cooler to hit the winning shot than to worry about getting the, the tip, you know, at the beginning of the game. So Absolutely. I think you just got to figure out what's important to each player. But um, a punishment is just a – it's a poor way of looking at the game. And I understand everybody wants to win, right? Like, or everybody wants to reach their dreams of getting to the NBA. But you're still getting to dribble the ball. Still getting a little bit of change, and at that time you were with the energy. I mean, they got Nick Nurse. I mean, that's right. You, you were you were getting to play for a guy that wasn't only teaching you the game, but he's innovative. You know, he approaches it in different ways. He connects to his players, and clearly, you watch in the NBA, he's one of the best development coaches I've seen. Yeah, I mean, he he gets guys that come there that you don't even know who they are, and all of a sudden it's like, who is this guy? Well, he's seen something and they developed it, and you know they grew so. You know, it's just the way you approach it mentally. I think Nurse is probably the best coach I ever worked with, and he got me a ring, okay? Nice. <laughs> so thank you, Nick. But yeah. uh, Nate uh, Bjorkren yeah. uh, is now at Indiana. That was his yeah. assistant, head coach now at Indiana. And Nurse is, I believe, at Montreal, right? <clears throat> Toronto. I think that's true. I know he did a remarkable job down in Houston, but uh, now they are literally setting their own sails, charting their own course. And it's because somebody had the confidence in them to let them do their job. And when it, turn, when it turns from amateur to professional, when that, that game turns into a business and how you make a living, then it becomes very, very important as to how you address the game. It's no longer uh, as what we would typify as being a game. This is a business element, sure, but there's so much more to it. And um, we're talking with Julian Say, Coach Julian Say of Des Moines uh, North High School in Des Moines, Iowa. That's a coincidence. In Des Moines. In Des Moines. Yeah, yeah. at Des Moines. We, Des Moines. We, we like our local guys, you know, <laughs> but, you know, Julian, you also run a successful podcast. You, you had just started that kind of recently into the summer, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, you had me on a, as a guest on your second or third episode, I believe, and you know, you can check that out on all, all platforms, the human podcast. Um, and Julian, how does your mind frame, I know we spoke on that kayaking a little bit um, episode earlier, but how does that mindfulness training and practices uh, influence your approach to coaching and remaining in an incredibly heated environment sometimes, which is competition, especially hoops? Ooh. Yeah, um, I guess we'll find out uh, in the middle of November this year when <laughs> the actual game start. <clears throat> It's always a practice, uh, but when you're in it, man, it's uh, the most difficult thing is to continue to practice. Uh, you know, it's not a – so recently, I don't know if you guys are familiar with George Mumford. Sure. George Mumford, he, uh, I just recently signed up for his course, Mindful Athlete. So um, it's like a mindfulness uh, coaching course, and I have access to, you know, all his training. I have access to, you know, him, fortunately, um, a group, you know, cl a group class session. So, um you know, it is, it's my lifestyle. It's, it's what is healthy. You know, as much as I love basketball, there was a point in my life when it was unhealthy for me and it was unhealthy for my family and there was no balance to it um, because I'm competitive. You know, you, you can be mindful and competitive and I'm obsessive. You know, I want to get things right. And, um, you know, I want to watch film and I want to, you know, I know exactly how many days of practice I have before my first game and, you know, I'm lining out exactly what the first practice looks like and what the 13th practice could look like. And, you know, what do we what do we want at the end of our season? So how do we got to start at the beginning of our season? But I also have a partner who's got a baby on the way, and I've got two kids. And, you know, I got to cut the grass. And I got a dog. And you, you know, just I, just a few things going on over there, man. Yeah, you got a dog. So finding balance and <laughs> mindful, so all those things can matter when they need to matter, and everybody can have my energy. And, you know, when, when I'm there with them. So um, it's a practice that I have for myself because it's healthy. It's, you know, that way I don't have to use alcohol or, you know, drugs or, you know, other things to remove how I feel about things during the day. It, it allows me to feel. It allows me to allow my feelings to direct where I need to go and, you know, what I need to pay attention to. And uh, it's just healthy for me. Truly, you, you, you really are walking a nice level of balance right now, Julia, just from, you know, being your friend aside and watching just with everything you have going on, the that you have every day, it's, it's pretty admirable to watch from afar, Scott. Amen. And, 
Julian, uh, what mental health considerations are at play when you're coaching athletes? There's so many things at play here when we're talking about playing, motivating, correcting, teaching, managing team dynamics. You know, there's so much on that list that goes on. And how do you balance these things as there a coach and as a well, player? Tell you what, let's let's hang on to that question because I know we've got to go to break, but it's too important. This is this is a lot to chew on. Let's do that during the break. We'll come back. We'll answer that question. Julian, you're good to go? Good to go. All right, buddy. Here's uh, here's what we uh, encourage you to do. Go to talktherapytmhs.com. If you miss any part of the show and want to go back and, and uh, listen to the program again, it's all free of charge. <clears throat> Courtesy of our sponsor, appreciate you listening to you, uh, our shows each and every week. Kira Jones, our producer, Scotty Bruxfort, filling in for Nick Learhoff. I'm Scott Casper. Stay tuned. There's more Talk Therapy, the mental health show on the other side of the break. This is Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, will continue after this commercial timeout. The folks at St. Gregory were vital in helping me to get my brother into rehab. They were not only supportive of him, but of our whole family. They truly saved all of our lives with their love and kindness. Because of the hard work they helped my brother do, we regained a valued, healthy, and incredible part of our family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. Setting the new standard for recovery. All right, welcome back to St. Gregory Mental Health Show. Scott Bruxfort sitting in for Nick Learhoff. Lucky to have him. Of course, Scott Bruxfort, the founder uh, of uh, PriceofAHug.com. If you don't know what we're talking about there, that's an opportunity for you to get done with incredible gear, but more than anything, by a photographer who has a wonderful eye. It's so important. What do they see that you don't? Okay. And that's so important. Don't go in with a preconceived idea, but may, you can bring your ideas if you want. It's most important to let the artist develop the art. Mm -hmm. And that's what you are, Scotty. And I appreciate that. Price of a hug.com. Videography, and of course, pictures, stills, uh, headshots, doesn't matter. All, all formats. All right. Uh, uh, real fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm a marketing person. Oh. So uh, <laughs> is Price of a Hug anywhere else? Do you have any social media other than the website? Yeah, absolutely. What? You can find you can find Price of a Hug on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, on our website at www.priceofahug.com. But yeah, it's just at Price of a Hug on Instagram, and you can just search Price of a Hug on Facebook, and you can check out some of our photos on Instagram and Facebook as well. Can we put that on the uh, Talk Therapy website as well? Okay, you'll figure it out. Yes, y'all can do whatever you you're want. Just that I don't good. Know. <laughs> you're just that good. Our guest this week is Julian Say. He's coach at uh, Des Moines North High School in Des Moines, a teacher, if you will, a uh, a mentor, and a friend to the athletes he coached so much. My gosh, your relationship goes back to what? Oh, goodness. I think I met Julian when I was 13 years old. And, you know, Julian's got a lot of crazy stories from when he coached me, uh, just to say the few, but... You know, uh, I, I, I could let Julian speak on those, but it, it was just a blessing. You know, I always dealt with anxiety and, yep. you know, being a small town kid playing on a big scene in basketball, all of that was Had unfamiliar. I didn't wore size 13s <laughs> when I was in like seven, huge feet, but it would, it, it was a new environment for me. And Julian honestly took me under his wing and Julian instilled confidence in me that allowed me to go play at the college level and to even mentor me through college. He coached at Keokuk High, which was like 50 minutes away from where I was playing in Quincy. And it was a blessing to play for him. And, you know, Julian, lean back into our question that we hit before the break. Uh, what mental health considerations are at play when you're coaching athletes? You know, things that come into consideration when you're working with players and motivating, correcting, teaching, managing your team dynamics, how do you balance There's all of these things? There's so much going on there. Mm. Uh, final, in short, I think it's in uh, Phil Jackson's book, Sacred, uh, you know, walk softly, but, um, and he said what he, his practice was often with the Bulls is he would just sit back and, you know, if players were in an argument or something was going on, like, of, of course, as a head coach, you know, you have control if you want it. Like you can stop whatever you need to stop at the time. You can jump in the middle, um, but sometimes things need to run its course. Mm -hmm. um, so guys can learn what they need to learn. Um, and then sometimes you need to, you know, step in. So 
you know, right now I'm just really, so by doing these specialized, having these specialized trainers come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like for instance, I, you, there was a workout the other night and I just sit in the gym and I get to watch and it's hot in there. There's no air conditioning in there. And you know, the guys are working, they do get water. <laughs> they do get water breaks. Um, Thank but you. you get to watch who's taking a break. You know, who's looking out of the corner of their eye to see if the coach is watching, if the trainer's watching. You get to see how they respond to somebody telling them to go harder and, you know, push a little bit more. So, you know, when we get to games, I know which guys are going to give up, you know, which guys are going to be able to push through. So now what I've got to try to do is get them to like that needle, like one foot forward so that their threshold like grows a little bit more and the things that they want to give up over, they don't, they no longer want to give up over and. You know, I also have great assistant coaches that allow me to be able to focus on things. My coaches have a voice. You know, they'll call me and say something, and I, I'm pretty much yes to most things because I know that they're solid people, and they both work in the school. You know, Corey Jenkins, he was the head coach at AIB at one point in time. Uh, say Carl uh, is a North High School guy. You know, had a chance to play after high school, uh, decided not to, got his degree at uh, Iowa State, but, you know, he even works in the building, but He's a North guy. He knows all the families that go there. He knows every kid and who their cousins are, their aunts are. Um, so I've got good people on staff that can do similar things, but also allow me to focus on like the head and the heart of uh, you know my players. So. Is how I guess there's there's an importance to uh, an idea that you know how you want your players to see you, right? I mean you're developing uh, that special relationship because it has to be based in trust. But how do you want to be seen by your players? I just know I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Like a lot of these kids, their trust levels are gone at at times, uh, you know, with adults through various situations. And I just want to show up. Whether it's, you know, like this morning, I got three text messages like 10 minutes before, uh, you know, our show asking, hey, coach, can I get a ride? School. And I don't even work at the school like right now. You know, I got an opportunity to here soon. But, you know, I, I do I do a lot and because I want to and because I just want to show up for them because later on I want them to know, like, look, I'm really here for y'all. Like this game is cool. Winning these games are cool. Putting on these jerseys, it's all cool but it's going to be over someday and we're and that's all I want them to know and to feel for me is that I'm, I'm just going to be here. You can call me, you can reach out, you need a place to lay your head, mm-hmm. you need a bite to eat, whatever it is, I'm here. Cause that's way bigger than the game of basketball. And that still holds true for Julian. I mean, he hasn't coached me since I was 18, Scott. And I could have still any one of those years from in the last 10 years from 18 to 28, where I'm at now, I could have called Julian at any point in time and he would have picked up the phone and been there. And that's cool. One of my, one of my favorite coaching moments with Julian, it's, it's honestly one of the more precious moments I've ever had with a person in my life. I was suicidal after getting arrested, Scott. It was my junior year at Quincy and Julian was the head coach at the time at Keokuk. So he was 50 miles away from me and, I called him up and he was in practice and I could hear shoes squeaking in the background and he picks up the phone on the third ring and said, Scotty, I'm at practice right now. What's going on? And I had just kind of told him that I was struggling and without directly saying that I wanted to end my life, he knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Something that I'll never forget. He said, you're built for this. And it's something that I hold to me every single day. And he, he still holds that relationship with me. Even 10 years after I put down a ball with, him as my coach, he, he still makes those connections every single day with his athletes, which is pretty special. And, and it's a possibility that there can always be something positive pulled out of an equation, okay? Mm-hmm. And to think that there's always something better, and we have to look at the bright side of things, right? Mm-hmm. What we're seeing in this pullout of Afghanistan, for example, there's got to be some bright points, something that perhaps we were on the wrong side of the ball to begin with, in, in trying to change that country ourselves in a civil war. It's mm-hmm. okay to step back, say, hey, what are we doing here? What are we, what are we doing wrong? Why are our people being killed? Okay. So I think, you know, life's uh, work is really never done, but coaches can get to see is just now emerging as a young adult and being able to uh, uh, play basketball uh, perhaps as a, a, a life, I think, 
Uh, it has been for me, but I've always enjoyed the game when I'm around great coaches because there's you can then the game, and that's mm-hmm. what you're getting at, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I truly think Julian sees about three or four levels deeper into the game. Most, most. people would, yeah. you know, it's it's almost like he has a a sixth and a seventh sense in the game of basketball. And Julian, can you kind of explain that? I know you talked with me a little bit about that while I played for you and, you know, even talking with you about how you coach, but you kind of see things before they developed, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Yeah, I do. And actually I'm, I'm going to answer your question with this story. You know, you, you said that I, when you called me, I told you it's easy for me to say that. Um, and, uh, we, we were playing when I think Scotty was maybe a sophomore. And I think we were playing against Houston Hoops, and you know he's just white dude from Iowa, but he's out there dunking on these brothers, man. I mean, dunking all over people so bad that they undercut him, and he falls to the floor. And I think the first time you got undercut, you you hit your your mouth and your teeth came out. Yeah, oh, I I lost it, like four teeth. The, the, for the listeners, this out. is the craziest basketball story you might ever listen to. This this his is a wild. Come out. His mom comes by the bench, like, and she's looking at it. She's furious because he just got his braces off, and he should have his mouth guarded. <laughs> she was so mad. He goes to the training room, which is right, happens to be right under the hoop. He comes back out of the training room, and at the time, Jake Sullivan's head coach in this team, and I'm, you know, helping him, assistant. Scotty walks right by the bench, doesn't say a word to anybody, and kneels down at the scores table. Check myself in. Jake, Jake turns around and looks at me over his right shoulder, and he, like, shrugs his shoulder, and I look at Jake, and I shrug his shoulder. I was like, let's see what happens. <laughs> and Scotty up again. He's playing for maybe another five minutes, and then I think he goes up again, and he gets – I don't know if you don't know what exactly happened. They but did something, but my eyebrow got, like, clean cut. cut. We, we had to super clean glue cut. it shut because oh, I, did, I didn't have time to go get stitches. I'm trying to get a scholarship, That's Scott. I got to keep about. playing, right? So, so he goes so you... back to the training room. <laughs> I'm out of the training room walks back to the scores table, doesn't say anything to anybody. He kneels down again. Jake looks at me again, and I look at his face like, oh, man, this is this is special. He proceeds to go back out there. I mean, we lost, but never have I ever seen another team receive a player like they did Scott after that game. Like, they were hugging that dude. Like, it was almost like, um, like a, they tried to break the guy, and they couldn't. And, you know, on I've told that story every year I've ever coached basketball because that's awesome I want kids to understand you give to the game and if you give like all your energy and effort not even just to the game but like any skill set that you're trying to pursue you can find out about yourself it teach you about yourself your body will teach you about yourself your mind will you know all those things and um, it was it made sense to tell Scotty at the time you're built for this because I had seen him do it. I had seen him literally. And uh, I don't know if I would say that same thing. He called me and said, Coach, I don't know if I want to live anymore. I don't even know if those are, I don't even know if I could say that to somebody. I wouldn't even feel comfortable. I would want to do more. Like, that almost feels scary to say to somebody. But Scotty, I just, I just knew that he could. And he's obviously, he obviously is. And here's the great part he trusted you. Okay. You earned his trust. And I think conversely as well. Uh, we're going to time out. You're listening to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Uh, Scotty Bruxport sitting in for next week. And, of course, uh, we couldn't do it uh, at all with Cure, without Kira Jones. So we appreciate that. Our guest on the Newsmaker Hotline from North High School in Des Moines, Iowa, Coach Julian Say. Our conversation continues after the short. This is Iowa's Hope, 940. Stay tuned. Talk Therapy, the mental health show, is brought to you by St. Gregory's Recovery Center. St. Gregory's features individualized drug treatment programs with a personal and holistic approach. Enjoy private counseling in small groups attended by caring staff in beautiful and serene locales. St. Gregory's is evidence-based rehabilitation. Most insurance is accepted. Don't go it alone. Enjoy a high success rate with St. Gregory's Recovery Centers. St. Greg's, it's where science meets recovery. stgregory.com I can't say enough about the staff at St. Gregory's who seem especially gifted to work in this field. They were so helpful and encouraging and will always have my gratitude. I made some very good new friends, a couple of whom I probably would not have made it through those beginning days without. Everyone and the programs at St. Gregory's seem designed and placed in my life by God's perfect plan. 
RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. All right, welcome back. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Scott Scott Brooks for it. And uh, telling there sometimes you get to know the real story. Well, I love hearing the real story. You're you're right. Talking about um, uh, Phil Jackson, dude does have exceedingly uh, wide shoulders, but an even wider wingspan. It's got to go seven, probably seven feet. It's ridiculous. Like the the size of some human beings, it it blows my mind. And Julian, it it makes it almost more remarkable what you were able to do with the game. You know, I mean, being an undersized player definitely comes with its advantages and disadvantages. But I've honestly never met a dude that carries more presence on the court than Julian. There it is. We just played some three on three like a month back, and just being on the court with him, it it just feels safe being out there with such a big presence and. Julian, a lot of that comes from your identity as being mm-hmm. just a competitive person, someone that really knows the game. And what would you say is uh, your identity of this year's team at North, uh, if you've even found one yet? I know it's still kind of early. You know, um, it's it's really about just making the right play. Um, you know, unselfish, the right play, trusting that if you, you pass the ball, you know, it, it'll it'll work its magic and somehow it can come back to you. Um, but I'm a, I'm, I like to win, you know, even when I, you know, now in my age, I play pickup ball. I always say there's two ways I can dominate an open gym is if I talk on defense and I get the, I can help get the ball moving on offense and then get people excited. Cause when the ball moves, people cut different, they see the floor because everybody wants to make a basket. Everybody wants to score and everybody wants to be involved in If The ball is stagnant. Then people stop playing hard and they stop investing emotionally. So um, I want the guys to have fun, and uh, I want them to feel like anybody could go off at any time and, you know, have an explosive moment or an explosive quarter or a game. Um, so, yeah, our, our identity is just going to be making the right play and doing the simple thing. Oh, my game isn't super flashy. Maybe the most flashy part about my game is, like, passing. But, I mean, to most people, that's not even flashy. I just do simple things over and over again and, you know, you put yourself in a position to be able to make a play at the end and maybe win the game. So, um, yeah, there it is. All right, so mental health. I got I, I to believe have discussions either one-on-one or your team, pardon me, your, or your team as a whole. Um, do you address that and, and, and basically put it to the kids? This is how mental health influences the game. We do. So we circle up. You know, we have these circle groups in practice at times, and, a lot of times I start and I say, okay, scale of one to 10, where are you at today mentally? Mm-hmm. You know, and some guys will say eight, some guys will say six, and some guys will say four. And, you know, the guys that say four, you know, we let everybody say what they need to say. And, and uh, you know, I just say, hey, guys, you know the guys that said four, you know the guys that said six, you know, the guys that have eights and that have nines, you got a little bit more to give today. Make sure you're giving some high fives or bringing people up. We're not being hard on those guys, and if they need us, you know, we're here for them. And then throughout practice, I just try to tap in with them a little bit more. I come put my arm around them, you know, I come put my hand on their back or, you know, just try to get as much, like, eye contact, you know, physical contact, whether that's a high five or just verbal contact to see if we can get a little bit. And then we'll just tap in and see where they're at. If it's still low, then we just need to talk about what's going on outside of basketball. There it is. What's um, how can I help? Because um, you play how you live, and if you have things going on in life, it's going to be really what you can give uh, to the game, you know, in that moment. So, this portion of our program brought to you by Here.com. Here.com forward slash Casper. Great hearing aids, great prices, incredible customers. Here.com forward slash Casper. Our guest on the Newsmaker Hotline today, Coach Julian, say we're talking about the mindset. Uh, of athletes and coaches, the relationships that they share. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's like being a point guard in life. Okay. Taking charge of your team, your family, or what have you being a good, strong leader is not as easy as it might seem. You know, that's, a, there's a lot of dynamics that play into it. And one of the things you mentioned just moments ago, Julian, is the dynamic of what's going on in the players outside life. In other words, what's going on at home and that home life may be disrupted, may be disruptful. And, and it may be 
very difficult time for that young person, what they're going through. Um, is that always really evident or is that something you kind of have to figure out? Oh, it's, uh, it's something you got to figure out. Cause a lot of times, uh, you know, and I have a 16 year old daughter, um, always had a great relationship and she's always communicated with me, but gosh, when they hit this certain age, it's like, they don't want to talk about it anymore. They'd rather just say nothing or right. I'm okay. Or, you know, I don't know. Um, it takes a little bit more digging and prodding and, or maybe <laughs> this is a real, maybe asking a kid if he wants to go hit a taco truck <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you talk about a little bit more and they finally start to open up. So, um, no, it, it really does some work and it takes some patience and, you know, uh, in, in, in the Hebrew language, I have a tattoo on my left arm that says love. And, uh, the first two characters, um, in that word, uh, mean give. And in order to love, you have to give first. So like for sharing more in the beginning for, opening up more transparent for not being afraid to share my story and some of the things I went through so they can see like, cause at this point they just see this coach that knows a little bit about basketball, kind of got some fly kicks on, um, got this wild hair and being outgoing, but they don't understand that I'm them. I still go through things. So um, it's my responsibility to build that trust by just being open and being vulnerable. Um, it's something I tell my guys all the time. Uh, being vulnerable makes you invincible. And uh, sat at the end of eight mile when he kicked his last burst and he just opened up about his whole life. And the guy that was going against him had no chance because he didn't have anything else to say. So, um, yeah, it's my responsibility to be open with them first. You sound like the original Slim Shady right there. <laughs> nah, it, it was, it was very up. well, very well put Julian. And you know, we, we talk about this every now and then, but it's creating safe and vulnerable there spaces to learn. And, you know, Jew, you hit that right on the head when you said that, you know, to love, you have to give. And it is difficult to share your story and creating a vulnerable space where other people can see you as you truly are. But it's through that environment that you're able to have raw and authentic discussions with individuals. And when people can see that you're real, then you have a little bit more ability to connect with them on a real level because you know, they, they trust you as a person, no different than I trusted Julian as a coach. Right. And you want to show up for those people. You, and take a look at my experience being around some of America's great coaches, Dan Gable, Hayden Fry, Lute Olson, uh, Tom Davis, and uh, uh, J Johnny Orr. The names go on and on and on. But the point is, I've learned something from all of them. And the old guard would say, you know, I'm not your father, I'm not your friend, I'm not your mother, whatever. Guess what? Yes, you are. Yeah. You are, you are put in that position. You can deny it all you want. And that's perhaps, uh, perhaps denying the ability to be hurt by that kid. Okay. But because they do go on to different things, they don't stay in high school basketball their entire right. life. So to, to me, what we're seeing is approaching the athletes are more receptive or at least more open to what's being taught, but the coaches are more prepared. No longer is it just the, the, uh, you know, middle school, uh, uh, math teacher, science teacher, whatever, you know, waiting for that $2,500 bonus for coaching basketball. Uh, now it's really an investment. Bob Dara, I think at Dowling high school, Dowling Maroons actually taught me that he said, I owe it to that kid to go drag him out of his bed, even because of school, but I owe it to him because I know in 30 years, he's going to remember that. And that's why I respected Bob Dara. God bless him. was a tremendous coach. Uh, but you have to be prepared to give and to receive and do it in such a way where there's a tremendous amount of honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've always felt that way about Julian as a coach. He's honest, you know, and I think it's one of the most unfair things that you can do to a player is not be honest with them. And Julian would cut it how it was with me. If I wasn't playing good enough to start, he would tell me if I wasn't playing good enough to get 30 minutes, he would tell me. And it's through that honesty that then you know how to go back to the drawing board and get better at your craft. So then you can improve on those things. And Julian, you mentioned transparency. Uh, are you still keeping it pretty real with the kids like you did with us back in the day? <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, yes. What I've learned though, this is a little bit, my passion is different. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, um, I'm selective with it. You know, passion, passion can be good and it can be dangerous um, at times. And I'm, I, try to just stay even because 
you know, I get passionate. My eyebrows get all bent down and <laughs> jaw gets all tight. And I, I only got six of those bullets to be able to use, you know, uh, is what I tell myself. So, yeah, I'm still real. You know, I had to be real with the player. Yesterday he was uh, – dog. Uh, the other day he was dogging it. So, by the way, Nick Nurse is in town this weekend. Is he? Uh, he yep, he's in Ames. And his whole Toronto Raptors staff is doing a shooting clinic with, with Lefty Moore at uh, All-Iowa Attack. And we're sending a few of our guys up there. And uh, one of our guys that we're sending was dogging it in practice the other day uh, in our workouts. And they had asked him to run harder, and, you know, he wouldn't. So I just asked him to get off the court. And I was sitting on the sideline watching. I said, hey, man, why don't you just get off the court for the day? I said it a little differently than that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the next day I texted him in the morning, and I said, hey, today's a new day. Um, you know, I'll see you tonight at the workout. And uh, then – what I found out during the school day is he left uh, PE early, like 10 minutes early. He just walked out of PE class. Like he had had enough of it and he was done. So I did, I, did, I let him work out last night. And then when I dropped him off at home, we were all, I had you guys in the car. And when he got out of the car, I got out of the car with him. And I said, hey, man, if you're going to leave class early, I'm not going to invest. I was like, so if I hear of those things again, you're not going to that shooting clinic. And you got to find your own way to invest outside of what we're doing. I was like, I'm investing in you. So I'm expecting that you give respect to your teachers. Um, you do what you're supposed to do. He kind of put his eyes down. And I said, hey, I need you to look at me. You know, this, this is an honest moment. you got to do what you don't want to do sometimes. And I know school isn't always fun, but you say you want to be a college athlete, and it's a student athlete. You have to be a student first. So you don't just get to walk out of class and disrespect the space the teachers provided and the energy that they're giving you. So the next time that happens, man, like you just don't get to be a part of that. And he looked at me and said, I got you, coach. So, yeah, I'm still being honest, but I don't have to yell about it and I don't have to be overly passionate. But he needs to know, like, this classroom's more important to me. Like, these kids who most of them look like me, I mean, they're all, you know, African-American kids. If they get good grades, there's programs at these colleges where they wouldn't have to pay anyway. They don't have to worry about basketball. You ain't even got a hoop. You ain't even got a hoop. And you ain't even got to be that good. If you take care of your grades, we're going to have tutors coming in here soon. Then, you know, we can set them up for other stuff because the ball is going to stop bouncing someday. They've got to have other skills. So, yeah, I've got to be honest with them, man. And if I'm not, then, you know, I'm not being honest with myself and I don't have any business coaching young people. Well, we appreciate your honesty on the show today. Up against the clock, bless. We appreciate your time today. Continued success in your uh, podcast, but also with your team, changing lives one at a time in terms of your player relationships. Nice job there. And give our best to Nick Nurse. Tell him uh, Scott Casper says, hey. Look, we'll tell him hello. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, Julia. You've been listening to uh, St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Producer sitting in for Nick Learhop this week, and we're grateful to have him second time around. Is Scott Bruxport. And, Scotty, you're doing a great job. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you again today. Oh, opportunity appreciated as well, Scott. For all of us, stay tuned. We'll be back next week. It's another great program on tap. Can't tell you what the topic is because it's a big secret, okay? So that's next week only on Iowa's Hope 940.